Yes, we need automation. Yes, we need all these other things, but it's actually the power of people that grows a business because without people, we don't have customers. For me, the power of people is definitely the number one, the number one key to being successful. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, joined by my co-partner, co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? I'm doing well, Sam. How are you? <laughs> Good. Oh, that well, sounds a little odd, doesn't it? What do I say about this guy? Just say, oh my God, he's so amazing. Well, I could, but my mum used to say, get a big pimple on your tongue if you tell a lie. Oh, really? No, you are. There's only one reason I invited you to be on this show with me. That's right. right. You are one of the good guys. I can't believe we're up to 229 episodes. This is amazing. I know. It's just flying. I remember coming up to 100 thinking I'd never get there and there was such a long preparation to get to episode 100. And then all of a sudden episode 200 was on us and now we've well and truly left that one in the dust. Mm, Absolutely. What are we on for today? We're going to talk about what does it take to be successful or what it takes to be successful in noticing what other people in our worlds have done. You and I have been in business, both of us, for a very long time. Between us, we'd be old with the years that we've done together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You sort of say in your business, it's like we have a combined 70 years of business experience. Exactly. Like how many people you've got? Oh, 48. Oh, we'd be between you and me and Leon and I guess Penn's been in business a long time. We've well and truly done the century. (laughs) We just added them up. But I do like that this episode's coming in, I guess, at a timely time. We were having a conversation, I think last week, wasn't it, about how many episodes of a podcast does it take to be successful? Mm -hmm. And I guess there's a lot of conversation going around this, right? It's not just how many podcast episodes you do, how many years of experience you have to have. And we are specifically talking about success in business as opposed mm-hmm. to success in other facets of your life. But it certainly takes a little bit of longevity, tenacity, grit. Absolutely. A lot of resilience. Quite a lot. And mm-hmm. a few other things that we're going to talk about today. We picked out four. Absolutely. When we were talking about this, there was a lot of names that came up of people that we've noticed along the way and noticed a lot of the traits in other people around us that you and I, Tim, would consider successful and sort of having a look at what those threads were that were through those people and the way they conducted themselves in their business. Hmm. Absolutely. I wanted to share with you a story, actually. I jumped onto a networking event in the US a month ago. Mm-hmm. connected with a couple of people there and oddly enough I got my time zone wrong so I actually missed most of the event I just got the people stragglers around afterwards but, <laughs> you didn't tell me that bit <laughs> I uh I did connect with two guys and jumped onto zoom calls with both of them the following one of those two people Matt Ward and we'll give a shout out to Matt because I want to tell this story we originally booked a half hour meeting we ended up talking for an hour and 45 minutes on all sorts of different stuff. A lot of shared experience and shared views between Matt and myself. 
And we both came out of the B&I referral machine. It's where we sort of cut our teeth in referral marketing. And Matt now speaks on referrals. He's written a book on referrals as well. And during our conversation, I happened to notice that Matt had 12 copies of a book on his bookshelf behind him. Mm-hmm. And the book was Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And he pulled one out and says, this is an amazing book. If you haven't read it, you should go and read it. And he said, I'll send you a copy. I'm going, that's really, that's really awesome, Matt. Thanks very much. Now, Matt is all about the relationship. How do you mm-hmm. wow people to build relationships that people remember who you are? If you want to check out Matt, literally just Google Matt Ward Speaks, M-A-T-T-W-A-R-D Speaks, and you'll find Matt's website and LinkedIn profile and stuff. And Matt not only sent me the one book, which I was a little surprised about, he sent me seven books, including mm-hmm. three of his own book to give away of, of, of his favorite his favorite authors. Uh, and he spent, what is it, $54.10 US mm-hmm. on postage to send that from the east coast of the US to Australia. All right, this is off the back of one conversation. I'm not a client mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Of course, I could be a referral partner and, and probably will be a referral partner in due course. But I wonder how many people would actually commit that level of engagement that early in a relationship. Yet that is, he would not do with that with absolutely everyone he speaks to. I absolutely guarantee that. No, probably not. With all of it, the thing with experience is you kind of know from a conversation if it's likely, and you still don't know with the guarantee, if it's likely to turn into something else based on the conversation you've had, based on the stories, based on the time you're putting into the conversation, based on the value you're giving. Like there's a lot of different factors coming in there. And he would have thought, this is someone that I want to further this relationship with. Yeah, but they're not being afraid to invest in that relationship. I so think often this we're is trying such... To, you know, so often we're trying to lower the cost of acquisition and we're trying to drive, you know, that cost of relationship down rather than increase it and invest into those relationships. I think this is just such a fabulous story. I haven't met Matt. After this, I will definitely be reaching out to Matt to have a conversation. But what a fabulous story about someone that really understands the power of people. Yep. Like really, because that is that is what builds and grows a business. Yes, we need automation. Yes, we need all these other things. But it's actually the power of people that grows a business because without people, we don't have customers. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about last week, not just customers, but we talked about last week around, I guess, that normalization mm-hmm. of expectations. If you surround yourself with people who are making five or $10,000 a month, you will make five or $10,000 a month. Mm-hmm. If you surround yourself with people who are playing a bigger game, you will, by default, start thinking like them, making decisions like them, acting like them, and getting the results like them as well. Absolutely, because what happens is that turns into your normal. That's the way you think, you know, and I think there's lots of ways that this plays out in the groups that you're in. It could be the people that you're conversing with on LinkedIn. It could be the Facebook groups you're in, the networking events that you're in, the groups that, you know, you're coaching that you're, not that you're a coach in, but the coaches and mentors groups that you're a part of, you know, who are these people that with that you're conversing with? Because I know that there's, not very many, but a few groups that I've been part of over the last, you know, 20, 30 years where the people are not playing a bigger game and you actually start to question, you know, some of the big things that you do as opposed to being in groups where people are playing way above you mm. and you're just like, oh, I didn't think about doing that. Okay, I'll just do that. 
Yeah, so, definitely. yeah, definitely, definitely the power of people, I think, for me, and I know that I don't know this without a doubt for you, but I know that you definitely place a high value on your network. For me, the power of people is definitely the number one, the number one key to being successful, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Often, I think one of the things that holds us back, though, is... I guess fear of letting go of our existing network, mm-hmm. you know, and the people who don't necessarily serve our and the mindset we want going forward, but also thinking that this new level might be unattainable, and it's mm-hmm. really not. No, and again, that comes back to the people you're surrounding yourself with. Okay, let's move on, Sam. That's the first one: power of people. Yep. Number yes. two. Number two. Your time. <laughs> Absolutely. This again. I mean, these are all big. This one I see is a huge, huge thing, and. I know this is something you and I do. I know this because when we very first met him, we met through a mutual mentor. And through part of that coaching program, there was a call every single week, every single Tuesday. And what I find intriguing is that with the whole group, and I don't know how many people in that group, let's yeah, say I think they're at that time, they're around time. even more than that, 75. There you go. All right. And there was only three of us that were consistently on the call every single week. You, me, and someone else that you and I talk to regularly. We were the only three people that were consistently on the call every single week. And all three of us had it in our calendar and it didn't budge. That was the first thing that was in our calendar was we have to be here on this call every week. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't an optional thing. It wasn't put in there as a maybe mm-hmm. event. It was like, this is the thing I do. And if a client wants to sort of book time, well, they book around that thing. That's right. I'm not available at that time because that's when I'm working on my business. It's when I'm doing things that I need to do to be able to take my business forward. And here's the thing, for the benefit of my clients. Mm. And this is the bit that I think people miss in that they think that the client time is more important. Now, client time is important, don't get me wrong. But when we're talking about really, you know, things like a coaching call that's going to move our business forward, if we are putting our clients first, then what's what we're saying is that growing our business and growing our knowledge to help our clients isn't as important. Bit of a dangerous game to play, isn't it? Bit of a knife edge you're on there. Yeah, I think so. I know that, I mean, here's the thing, right? If we can Business growth doesn't come in, in in big rocks. It comes in little small bites. Mm-hmm. It might be that that little 1% each week. And prioritizing it with your coach, your mentor, your, you know, working on your system or something each week just moves that needle by 1% and little bites. And all of a sudden you become an overnight success, right? Mm-hmm. And what we were doing with that meeting, other than getting to know each other, obviously, <laughs> was looking at, you know, what's the thing that we're going to improve this week? What's the system I'm going to improve? What's the learning I'm going to take away? And not just necessarily from your mentor, but from other participants, mm-hmm. looking at what they're doing, what their insights are. And it starts to actually kind of, you know, the more of these business conversations you can have, I guess the more rounded and more experienced that you, you get. Mm-hmm. I see all the time, again, I do, you know, a lot of our listeners will know that I do a lot of a lot of networking, and I see people who are not there that week because they've got a, a client call or they have mm-hmm. to go and meet someone. Now, I get it when it's urgent, absolutely, but yep. they're missing that opportunity to kind of get that one insight from a conversation or that one new referral or to deepen that relationship. You talked about power of people just a second ago, to deepen that mm-hmm. relationship with someone who can really help them, not just in that one or two hours face-to-face time, but 
mm-hmm. you know, long term, really help them take some, take their business somewhere else. Absolutely. And sometimes this does need to move a little bit. So my current mentor coaching calls work out to 4am Australian time. Now, at the beginning, I did get up for those calls. And let's just say you're not getting up at four, you're getting up at three, 3.15 to make sure you don't look like you've just got out of bed. You know, I put on some makeup, do my hair, have a coffee. So I try and wake up. (laughs) It was quite funny on the very first call. I had to introduce my business and I had that real grass gravelly kind of, I've just woken up voice. It was a little embarrassing where it didn't quite come out, you know, the way that it's meant to. And after a few weeks, I actually realized that what was happening was getting up that time of the morning meant that I wasn't quite as effective in my day. So what I had to do was move it just a bit in that what I do now is get up at six. I watch the recordings of that coaching session, but I make sure I go straight into the Facebook group and still engage with the whole group, give my insights from the call make sure that I always are congratulating people on their wins or noticing things that they do. So I'm not just watching the recordings and not being part of the group. So I've had to alter the way that I'm doing things just a little, but I'm not getting up and thinking, oh, I couldn't be bothered watching the recording today or I'm too busy. It's still in my calendar. It's just at a different time. Get up at 6am, watch the recording, make sure I go straight into the Facebook group and engage with the group so that they know that I'm still participating. It's just I've had to adjust it a little bit slightly. So I think that it's really important to make sure that you put your time for working on your business in your calendar and prioritize that. Yeah, it's almost we talk about a lot of, you know, when we're planning for our year about putting the the time out of the business first. This is almost the second big brick, isn't it? Like it mm-hmm. Plan your time out of the business, plan your time on the business and then fit everything else in around that. Absolutely. When I'm setting my when I'm setting my events for the year, I always make sure that they don't clash with the events for my other groups that I'm in or mentors that I'm on. Um, because going to events that are part of whatever I'm involved in is super, super important to me. Mm. Like I never miss an event. Yeah, no, I agree with you as well. You know, having just gone off and in the US, a virtual event, we had to get up at two a.m. for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah and that is hardcore. I've done it. It's hardcore. It's not just getting up at 2am, is it? It's getting up at 2am and doing an all-nighter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I almost added an extra two days onto it, so it would have been four 2am starts in a row. Oh, that's that's <laughs> hardcore. That is hardcore. But you did it. That's right. Well done, you. Speaking of doing it, number three is about taking action. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, I'm fond of saying marketing is never priority, but it's always the most important thing to do in your business. <laughs> But we do have to take action. The people who are successful more than anything else will take action. I'm going to add a little, I'm going to add one word in there. I find that they often take imperfect action. Oh, I like that. That when I look at the people that, you know, that I look up to or consider successful, they have an idea and they action it really fast. (laughs) They're not just randomly doing it. There's a strategy. They've already considered that. But it's amazing how quickly they can consider whether this is the right action or not. They make decisions very, very quickly. So if it's, you know, if it's not the right action, they will not do it, obviously. But if they feel it's the right action, they'll action it really, really fast. It's almost one of those key entrepreneurial skills, isn't it? It's how quickly you can take an idea from concept to implementation. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and if it doesn't work, throw it out. 
Yeah, and you don't need all of the ducks in a row. In actual fact, that can almost be the worst thing to do because you can never, ever anticipate what's going to go wrong anyway. So you may as well just take action and and deal with it as you go. Mm, I agree. I agree. I think, if you, again, if we just look at what's that, we talked about it a second ago, right, that 1%. What's the thing you can do this week to implement? And, you know, it might change the world for you. It might not. But if it doesn't, get rid of it, do something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or get the information that you need to be able to, to change it up. It's amazing how many things start as one thing and end up as something different. And I'm going to talk very, very quickly about people that say, but I'm a perfectionist, Sam. You know, I'm a perfectionist. I don't want to put something out that's not perfect. Here's my take on that. There is nothing perfect because what's perfect for you, someone else could really hate. So it's not perfect for them anyway. So there's no such thing as perfectionism. And if you're wanting everything to be perfect, it's just a fancy name for procrastination. Powerful. Take that away. Mm. It's not perfectionism. It's procrastination. Just get on with it. (laughs) It doesn't feel nice sometimes, does it, Tim? Or is that just me? No, it doesn't feel (laughs) nice. Sometimes it feels really yuck. It doesn't feel nice. Um, Mm. But again, put it out there. See how your prospects, customers, partners, et cetera, respond to it and then adjust accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's the third one. Oh. Actually, before we go on to number four, how long each week would you block out to taking action on your business? So I block out two full days in my week. Plus, depending on the week, I will spend time at different times in the week. So I'm going to say roughly around around 20 a lot of times more, but very rarely less. So that's half your week working on the business. Yeah, absolutely. How about yourself? Actually, that's a really great question because I'd never really thought about that in a number. Like I know that I spend a lot of time on my business, but had never really broken it down like that. What about you, Tim? It wouldn't be that much for me. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's probably, I'd say it across the week it'd probably at least a day where I'm working on mm-hmm. the business. I think that there's something that I'm putting in there that I don't think you do actually include in those numbers. And in that, for me, it's a lot of connecting. And I know that you sort of do that through your week and so do I, but there's two specific days in my week where a lot of that connection is all around possible joint ventures and collaborations. And I count that in that around Okay, well, in that hours. case, definitely. <laughs> I'd say it's about that. Yeah, because I know you yeah, do I that do. a lot as I'll, well. I'll, I mean, I, I, I put that into my sort of, you know, sales activity time as opposed to kind of the work on business time. Yeah. What do you reckon the yeah. minimum? Now, this will be an interesting one for our, our listeners. And if you're not doing this, right, literally find a time in your week to block out a bit of time to do this. But what do you think would be the minimum that you would recommend oh. to work on your business? Oh, absolute minimum. I'm going to say eight, but even that makes me feel almost sick. Like, oh, my goodness, could I do it on eight? I'm going to say oh, yeah. ten. <laughs> ten hours. Okay. I'm going to say two. I'm going to be generous okay. here. Again, because I'm not looking, I think, for, for a lot of people. Now, we're in a unique position, to, Sam. We've got, you know, we've built teams behind us who can do a lot of this work for us. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of our listeners mm-hmm. are still, you know, sole coaches or consult- consultants. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing all, you're doing everything, right? You're doing the sales calls, you're doing the, the implementation work, you're doing the networking, you're doing the connections, you're doing the Facebook and LinkedIn chat and all that sort of stuff. I would recommend if you don't have it, find a two-hour block somewhere in your calendar, make it sacred, 
Mm-hmm. And I've got it as red in mm-hmm. my diary so I can see that this is not going to change. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, block out that time and work on something on your business just to move the needle just that little bit. doesn't need to be a lot, just a little bit. Okay? might be review your LinkedIn messaging and have a look at your website and analytics. Um, build a new system, create an automation, something like that, okay, that'll give you leverage. Mm-hmm. And you'll find over the course of 12 months you'll be a lot further on where, the, where you were and then you can start going, okay, give me three hours, give me four hours, give me a day, give me 10 hours. Actually, I'm going to add one extra little activity in there that I find super, super helpful is actually connecting with people in your network and just running things by them asking for feedback or asking for ideas because they're the kind of conversations that can really take your business in a whole different direction. I know it's something you and I do every single week, Tim. You know, what are you working on? Um, you know, what are some ideas? And even just in some of our conversations, I know that has changed different parts of our business for yep. both of us. Feedback's important and we don't often ask enough, which takes us into number four, which is... <laughs> Successful people know that they can't do it alone. 100%. 100%. It takes a village. It really does. <laughs> yeah, and this is where, uh, you know, you think mentors and coaches, it's important to have one. Even though it comes at an expense, it's important to find that person who can take you on the next step of your journey. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. don't be afraid to reach out to them because they will actually start to accelerate you. And, like, you know, even professional sports players, have you know one or more coaches and mentors that help them you know through their thing it might be you know basketball or it might be a shooting coach you know at a certain level everyone has got a mindset coach right, to keep them focused and, mm-hmm. and on point when they doubt themselves earlier on it might be a more technical coach but mm-hmm. find one lean on them that's what they're there for absolutely be the squeaky wheel yeah don't be afraid to ask questions i think that I've seen this time and time again too in different groups that I've been in is that people are afraid to tell their mentor or their coach exactly what's going on and this is to your own detriment. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable and open up and say everything that's going on because that way you can get the maximum amount of help Mm, possible. Absolutely. Okay, let's quickly recap over those ones. First one, the power of people. Surround yourself with the right people uh, who can help you take that next step. Prioritizing your time, making sure that you block out work to work on your business and on your systems. Make sure you take action. That's a key one. It's not perfectionism, it's procrastination. Right? And then realize that you can't do it alone. And that's what it takes to be successful. Absolutely. How lucky are we that we're surrounded by some really, really crazy cool cats that we can look up to and, and learn from and see that this is the way that people do business. That's right. Well, as, as Isaac Newton once said, I only got here by standing upon the shoulders of giants. I love that quote. I love that quote. It's such a good quote. Right. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know. Uh, give us a shout out and please share this episode with the people in your network so that they can, you know, listen to this and maybe start to also think about how they can and how you can change things up just a little bit. Maybe there's something in this episode that's given you an idea for changing something by a little 1% and that will take your business to the next level. Tim, thanks for hanging out well, with me As always, today. Sam, it's been absolute delight. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Ciao. 
Thank you for joining us today. We truly respect your time, so we hope this was valuable to you. If you're a new listener, thank you for checking out the show. And don't forget to connect with me by heading over to samanthariley.global forward slash connect. And you can connect with Tim at winmoreclients.com.au forward slash connect. Be sure to contact us and share any feedback, questions or topics you have too. 